When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, baseball family. We decided that now was a, just a terrific time to get into another Mount Rushmore episode. So Brad and I decided we are going to attack the Cleveland Indians and give you a breakdown of what we think the four best players on the Cleveland Indians' entire history would be. We're very excited about this. Right, Brad? We are very excited. And you know what, Brig? I think full disclosure is due on this that this was much harder for both of us than we thought it was going to be mm-hmm. because personally I don't I didn't know anything about the Indians hardly pre-1995 when they played the Mariners in the ALCS um <laughs> right. I could pretty much tell you that entire 95 roster top to bottom because I watched them for six games and they've been stuck in my mind ever since <laughs> um but before that I didn't know anything about them besides you know major league right Right, and for me, there's only really one, I knew one thing about them pre-1995, but I'm with you, I'm, it's very similar, So, and, we'll, and we're definitely going to get into the one thing I knew about them that was pre-1995. <laughs> <laughs> very good, and you know what, Brig, I don't even know how old I was, but I was far older than I should have been when I found out that Bob Euchre is not actually the play-by-play guy for the Indians. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, that was like sorely disappointed was like six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well have been. (laughs) It feels that way. Does it not? (laughs) It does. (laughs) Yes, sir. I agree with you. Oh man, that's funny. So should we, should we work? We're going to, the way we do these Mount Rushmore episodes, baseball family is we, we move in no particular order. This is such a tedious experiment trying to figure out who ranks where and, you know, why. And uh, ultimately it comes down to these are the four best in no particular order. So, right, Brad, why don't you give us your first selection, not your first choice. First, just the first name on your list. First selection, first choice. Okay, so I'm going to go with Kenny Lofton on my Mount Rushmore. Um. He, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's not a Hall of, Fam- Hall of Famer, but to me, like having watched the Indians in the, in the mid to late 90s, he was an iconic piece to those teams that were very, very good. Yes. Um, I mean, he led the league in stolen bases 92, 93, 94, 95, and 96, and had a total of 452 stolen bases with the Indians. Of his 622 career stolen bases. And Gold Glover, four-time sure. Gold Glover. And, you know, he has a, he had a highlight where he jumped up on the on the fence, just like most guys back then or now, I guess, uh, robbing a, a big, very important home run. Um, yeah. To me, he had a strong defensive presence in the outfield, strong offensive presence as a guy who could get on base and score runs for you. I mean, he was the Willie Mays Hayes of real life, you know. <laughs> That's that's exactly he was, was going to do it all for you. <laughs> the Willie Mays Hayes. Oh, man. 
This is not going to be the so, last major league reference. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, we've already had two. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So Kenny Lofton is my first choice for Mount Rushmore. That's great. That's terrific. Ready for the overlap we're about to experience? Yes, go ahead. It's not. It's not Kenny Lofton. For those of you wondering, okay, my the 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 name I could one of the names I could not get away from was Jim Tomey. I just can't, I can't talk about Cleveland without talking about Jim Tomey, and I don't think that will come as any surprise to people. Five time All Star, Hall of Famer, he's Silver Slugger Award winner, seventy two point nine WAR. Okay, that's that's huge. Now the best thing for me about Jim Tomey and his career in Cleveland was that nobody cared about Jim Tomey when he was coming up. In fact, he spent a bunch of time in the minor leagues, bounced around here and there, uh, worked on this, worked on that. They actually moved his official position to first base late um, when he was up and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between AAA and major leagues. So uh, for me, his kind of Cinderella story, his redemption is as much of a testament to, to his career as, as his statistics are. And I think it's awesome. And he's a great, just a, I, I think he was signed by Cleveland right out of high school. And then he went to Juco or something for a while. And then he came back and was signed by Cleveland again, something like that. I mean, they, they had his, their eye on him for a really long time. And I just think that, uh, I just think he's great. Plus that, that look on his face is just so just it's just perfect <laughs> right beneath chief water it is. I, I won't i can't get into it but yeah. if you know what i mean you know what i mean you know what i mean <laughs> you know i know what you mean because brig he was actually my next guy yeah on my list you're right the overlap i knew for it sure and you know what like you said hall of famer and you know one of the things that always drove me crazy i hated jim Tomey as a player absolutely hated him because <laughs> You knew that if he was up and the Indians or, you know, later on the Phillies or whoever he was playing for. White Sox. If yeah. they needed a home run, if they needed a home run, he was going to hit it. Yeah. He did every time. He wouldn't do it otherwise, typically, because he wasn't like a big home run guy, which is funny to say because, I mean, he had seasons where he hit 49, 52, 47, yeah. 42. But those are kind of outlier seasons. Like, he was – you know, a 30 home run guy and, and yeah, a 20 home run 20, guy. 25, 30. Yeah. Yeah. But if they needed it, he always had it in him. Clutch player, man. Always. For sure. Always had it in him. He was absolutely clutch. And I just, I get so mad every single time <laughs> he'd come up like, Kelly, they need a three run home run right now. He's going to hit it. He's going to, I just know he's going to hit it. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, just based alone for me off the eye test, based on what I, I saw of the guy. That's yeah, and it's, I, that that I mean that speaks to our ninety five ish progression with Cleveland. But again, mm -hmm. it's hard to get away from it. These statistics speak for themselves. You can't argue with seventy two point yeah. nine WAR. You just can't. That's what the statistic is it's built true. for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Jim Tomey definitely belongs on the Indians Mount Rushmore. Hundred percent. Thank you, thank you very much. Okay, Brig, we've done two of mine. Why don't you go ahead and do one of yours, and then we'll take a break. Okay. 
Now, I'm going to come at you with some kind of interesting statistics first before I tell you anything about this player, okay? Um, okay. Biographically, I mean. Uh, career war, 134.2. Just let that sink in. 134.2. We're talking 10,195 at-bats. 3,500 hits, 117 home runs, a lifetime batting average of 345. On-base percentage, 428. Slugging at 500 OPS, 928. I'm talking center fielder, Tris Speaker. Tris Speaker played in... He played from 1907 to 1928. 22-year career. And he was with Cleveland... For, excuse me, let me get back to my notes here. He was with Cleveland <laughs> for from 1916 to 1926, so full 10 years with the club. And uh, just during that period when he was with the club, he boasted a 74.19 war. So, again, that was 1,500 games, um, 6,600 plate appearances, on and on and on. And the guy is just an all-star. <laughs> I mean, come on. Seriously. Yeah. Tristan Those are legit numbers, especially during the time. Yeah. And, I mean, this is dead For ball sure. era. This is dead ball. Yeah. So, the, that's yep. crazy. He led the league in games played in 1914. And in hits that same year, he led the game in doubles uh, a bunch of years I mean, we're talking 1912, 1916, 18, 1920, 21, 22, and 23 RBIs. He he was he pulled in 130 RBIs in 1923. Led the league that year. This is he was an MVP one time. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame, three time World Series champion, batting title champion. Whew. I mean, if we had guys like this today. The whole the game would be totally different. <laughs> this yeah. I feel like this is these are insane numbers. So, anyway. well, and it's crazy you mentioned that because now you've got guys winning the batting title, but their teams don't win. Exactly. You know. <laughs> yes, it's astonishing. It's yeah. almost like everybody should get a trophy or something. It's almost like there should be a salary cap <laughs> to protect the owners from themselves. I don't know. Nah, come but. on, Brad. <laughs> It's almost like the collective bargaining know. agreement should be renegotiated at the end of the season or something. <laughs> <laughs> Along the same vein, yeah. With a suggestion so. like that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we get back, we're going to have our two final Mount Rushmore guys each. Welcome back, baseball family. So we, as per usual overlapped on one of our Mount Rushmore members um inductees is that the is that the right word inductees I think not I nominees know. anyway maybe we maybe we're only nominating them I don't know <laughs> at at best that's all the power we have is <laughs> that's to nominate. What I was gonna say how much authority <laughs> are we gonna bestow upon ourselves <laughs> by royal decree <laughs> the lady of the lake extended forth her head Anyway, okay. <laughs> All right, I went first last time, Brig. I want you to go first again. I know it's basically like you're doing three in a row, but I want I want you to do the next one. 
All right, I have no problem with that. I am okay. going to go with I'm in fact, I'm going to tease you the same way I did last time. I'm going to give you some statistics before I did okay. anything. This player standing 6-1, weighing in at 195 pounds. No, it's we got a career <laughs> war of 107.3. Career batting average 338, 82 home runs. Now, now listen, 82 home runs, that's small. All right, I know that, but I like small ball, and we're going back to the dead ball era for Naplajois. I wanted to guess it. I knew who it was because I had yes. him too. Did you have <laughs> Naplajois as well? I have Naplajoy as well. Yes, no, it's I do. Not Lajoy. No, it's Lajoie. Lajoie. Are you sure? Yes, it's a French name. <laughs> also, the I pronunciation guide. The pronunciation guide. On baseballreference.com, listed as Nap Le Joie, which it is does, what I right. thought it was going to be. <laughs> Some people say Nap Le Joie. Now, that's fine, because it's also referenced on baseballreference.com, but it's it's Le Joie. That's how it's pronounced. I should read a pronunciation guide for once in my life. It's You're right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but you had him, too. He's your number three guy as well. Well, he was on the list. I was gonna. Well, that's do him what last, I mean. It was the fine. third one you were gonna reveal. Well, I I was gonna do him last, but it's okay. We can do him now. Okay, um, let's do him now. So this is this is the thing. This is the thing that I have with Nap Lejoie, is that okay? Not only is, is he a Hall of Famer, he won a Triple Crown, three-time batting title, but he was a player manager for the Cleveland Indians. Right. And not only that, but here's the thing. Let me pull it up real quick. I gotta switch windows here on my phone real quick. So he was a player manager for a number of years. Uh, I say as I filibuster while I scroll down. Uh, he <laughs> so he was a manager starting in 1905 and was a manager until 1909, and he was also a player during that time. And then he kept playing beyond. Um, looks like he was their best player in 1910, but he was the best player and the manager at the same time. That right. takes a lot of work. You've got oh, to be man. really good to be able to yes. do both of those and also be the best player. In uh, let's see, it was I've got nineteen, nineteen oh six, oh seven, and oh nine. He was the best player and the manager. Stunning. Like, that's legit. That's legit. That's 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 and having coached baseball. I can't imagine playing and coaching. No, for sure. And so he played with Cleveland from 1902 to 1914. And here's what kills me. He was age 27 to age 39 when he was playing for Cleveland during that period. So this gets it gets even better. He played second base, first base, and shortstop during that period while he was a manager for part of it. Now, that's a utility infielder. Think about it. That's, we have a utility infielder who's split in time as a manager for at least a few years in there. He still manages a 79.96 war during that time period. I mean, this is crazy. Guy hit 34 home runs, drove in 919 RBIs just in his time in Cleveland. Stole 240 bags. Come on. It's insane. This is yeah, insane. That would be like having, that would be like having uh, Mike Trout manage or 
Francisco Lindor. There you go. Or even Mookie Betts managing the Dodgers. There you go. Yep, it would like, be. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, no, it would be like it would be like uh, DJ LeMahieu managing at the same time last season, the season there you before, winning the Silver yeah. Slugger nomination for Golden Glove. You know what I mean? In the runnings for MVP, <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. These names, else, man. this this kind of stuff is what makes me want, like when people ask me if you could go back and watch anybody play, it's guys like this I want to watch. Yes, I would like to see the manager see him out on second base, signaling to the batter or even the third base coach what he wants. Right. You know, I'm gonna steal. So this is the sign. <laughs> Here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun to watch. Would be a whole lot of fun to watch. I do miss the days, and by that I mean I never saw them. But I long for the days of player coaches in any sport because, like Bill Russell, was a player coach for the Boston Celtics, right? And I would have yeah. loved to seen that. Yeah, like coach, you got to come out. No, no, I'm good. You stay on the bench. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's yeah, pretty that's, great. That's the kind of stuff I would like to see. Naples joie. All right. Or LaJoy, depending on your level of French. No, man, no. <laughs> <laughs> Knock it off. This is a cultural program. <laughs> it is, it is. It's LaJoie. Okay. I have one more, uh, because like I said, Nap LaJoie was on my list. Um, and I bet we're going to overlap on this one as well, Brady. Oh, man. If we don't, I'll be... It would be insane. <laughs> okay. All right, my last one is a pitcher. <laughs> you don't and say. you already know who it is. <laughs> Six feet tall, coming in at 185 pounds. Yes, sir. Um, Hall of Famer. Did not play from 1942 to 1944. That's right. This is Bob Feller. Bob Feller. Triple crown winner. Yeah. Well, he's he's – one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Oh, I mean, we man. both watched fastball, the documentary fastball, when they talk about Bob Feller and how hard he threw, how great of a pitcher he was. And, you know, we've we've talked about pitchers winning the Cy Young and the MVP, and he was top five for the MVP, won four times. Yep. Triple you know, crown winner. Maybe you should have won it. Eight-time All-Star, World Series in 1948. He won the ERA title. And the Major League Player of the Year in one year. Just astonishing. But this is a great example mm-hmm. of where war will come and bite you. It's got a 63.4 war. It's, it's much lower than some of the people we've been talking about on this list. Career yeah, ERA like of 3.25, though. Right, exactly. And that's a career, career ERA of 3.25. Here's that's the big one for you, though, the Brick. Difference. Yeah, go ahead. Here's a big one for you, strikeouts. <laughs> Starting in third, 1938, we had 240, 246, 261, 260. Took three years off. It uh, looks like for World War II. Came back, pitched 1945, had 59 was all, but 1946 was right back at it. 348, 196, 164. And he led the league in all of those. Yeah, for seven. He played for eighteen years. That's seven seasons. Well, 
Yeah, sorry. Not I seven straight, but, but yeah. seven seasons yeah, seven out of seasons. his eighteen-year career he led the league in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Woof. And in in nineteen forty-six, he started forty-two games, had thirty-six complete games, ten shutouts, and somehow did not win the MVP that year. I don't know how. <clears throat> Okay, you ready for this? He'd be a runaway with it for now, but yeah, go ahead. He threw three no-hitters, three, 12 one-hitters. That's insane. He holds the club record for strikeouts at 2,581, and he has a club record for innings pitched at 3,827. I mean, that's... That's crazy. He's got the club record for wins at 266 over 162. And this is the best part. Ready for this? I found this. You're going to love this. Okay. The Indians signed. This is from uh, ClevelandSportsTalk.com. The Indians signed Bob Feller as a teenager for $1 and an autographed baseball. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. He made his major league debut as 17 years old in 1936. Mm-hmm. And how did his, this is cheeky, how did his debut go? Question mark. He struck out 15 batters. <laughs> of course he did. Oh, man. Okay, it's so crazy. On. That's crazy to think about this a 17-year-old doing that. You don't have... I mean, how many how many young how many young kids go that long in their major league face fifteen batters in their major league debut now? No, please, and they're not seventeen, not even close. They're twenty one. No, not at least. Not so twenty three, twenty four. Exactly. So okay, on opening day, nineteen forty, Bob Feller became the first and only pitcher to ever throw a no hitter on opening day. He threw a no hitter on opening day in nineteen forty. That is just bonkers. That's, that's mid-season form. Mid-season form. That's what that was. I can't even believe it, man. He owns yeah, every I, pitching record in club history. Every single one. Which isn't surprising. I mean, part of that is because he pitched for the he pitched for the Indians for 18 years. Um, especially now, we don't see that as, with guys who are top tier pitchers. Yep. Um, especially with the Indians, because they actually said this week that they couldn't afford to build a team around around Francisco Lindor, and that's why they traded him. Yep. You know, so they're definitely not going to do that with a pitcher. They're not going to keep him around. But these these uh, these club records are going to stand forever. These ones for Cleveland for sure. Oh yeah, never going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. That they'll they'll always be Bob Feller for that reason. Well, an eighteen year career with the same team that's also unheard of these days pretty cool i love that yeah yeah it is that doesn't happen often anymore either uh mm-hmm. we'll see it with mike trout but yeah i can't think of anybody off the top of my head who else that will happen with but yeah, you're right um break before before you wrap us up let's let's do this baseball family we want to know who you think belongs on the cleveland indians mount rushmore am i way off base with, with uh, kenny lofton or does he belong let us know we want to hear who you think belongs on that on the Mount Rushmore, especially if you're an Indians fan, because you have a better understanding of the team and the history than we do. Um, we did obviously a pretty superficial research based on our knowledge of 1995 and on, <laughs> and what we saw statistically through the years. So let us know if there's somebody in that gap that we missed who belongs on the Mount Rushmore instead of say 
Kenny Lofton, or even Jim Tomey. I don't know. Let us know. Uh, submit to the mailbag on baseballtogether.com. Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.